Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Hey there, Little Oak family, and to anyone else in the podcast universe who might find themselves listening today. Today, I get to talk with David Corey, and this conversation is just absolutely awesome and fascinating, and I hope you are able to enjoy it and learn a ton from it. As you will hear and find out, we cover a large variety of of topics, anything from uh, the challenges of the pandemic, how David is approaching business planning for 2022, some things that have changed drastically for him in the last 18 months, new habits he's formed, his morning routine, which I thought uh, was very interesting and informative. Uh, we talk about silk pajamas and old fashions, WhatsApp chat groups, and new habits that we've formed over the last year. And then the very controversial topic of how to market a hot listing in this environment, proper exposure, limiting uh, showing times and days, when to deal with offers, the days of the weeks we should, the days of the weeks we shouldn't. That's a a great part of this conversation, as I know there's been a lot of uh, frustrated and pissed off people uh, over the course of the last uh, 18 months with strong opinions on that topic. So just absolutely a wicked guy. Love David. Uh, I know all of you do. Uh, Great guy in our industry and just a great dude to hang out with. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I trust that you guys will enjoy it as much as I did. So without any further ado, I bring you the man, the legend, David Corey. Hi, Andrew. Okay, good morning. Let's try that. <laughs> so I should I should confess before we start that you and I just started a conversation that I think was about four minutes long and 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 the recording <laughs> didn't start. So I we just all my best jokes. Yeah, man. we just had some amazing material that's just forever lost. And uh and that's really too bad. But I, I actually we're gonna try to recap it. Hopefully it's just as good. So you you know what I, how we should start is I feel sorry for all the realtors who missed, you know, our four minute chat because you know i actually told because i actually told you the secret of how to work five minutes a day and sell 100 homes a year and now they all miss that right it's gone and we're never going to be able to recapture that no (laughs) where where we started was i asked you about your morning routine and then you you dove into i'm going to get you to repeat this because you dove into something that i'd never heard of the miracle morning yeah just recap what what that what that is and where that came from because that's actually i've never heard of that it's very cool yeah it's cool um so the miracle morning is written by hell Elrod. Elrod, yeah. yeah. And so he's an author. Um, and, and so he wrote a book. So basically, the idea uh, is to rise early in the morning, get up early in the morning. And then the acronym is SAVERS. So that stands for silence in the morning when you wake up, saying affirmations. Um, and then V is a vision board or envisioning what you want to do. And then after that, of course, the Exercise is the E, and then the R is reading a bit in the morning, and then the S is scribing or journaling. So SAVERS is the acronym. And so the process takes about an hour and a half. um, You know, the actual full process if you get up early in the morning takes about an hour and a half. And there's also a faster version, which takes about 10 minutes or 12 minutes. And, you know, so on the days when I'm behind, I sleep in or whatever, then it's, oh crap, I get up and do it in 10 minutes, but it's pretty good. Hmm. You know, and it, it, I'm going to kind of starts me off in a relaxing way for the day and also planning, you know, you know, like it's pretty helpful because I find otherwise, I, you know, you know, you know how it is. We're all the same. Wake up. Yeah. You look at your phone immediately and yeah. now you're, oh, you're just, just reacting emails yeah. and yeah you're reacting or instagram or facebook and dog the bounty <laughs> hunters on the case or whatever and yeah then, yeah uh, he's yeah he's hunting somebody right now i've read actually yeah he's hunting somebody so yeah so anyway um it's pretty good i find it pretty useful and and actually i taught it to johnny my son he's 14 and, and he's going to high school mm-hmm. and he was pretty anxious to start the year so i showed him this this whole process and and so in the mornings, actually, now when he goes to school, um, he feels relaxed um, and, he, and he has a good day now. So it's pretty powerful, even though he's only 14, you know, like it's mm. pretty helpful to him, too. 
Yeah. yeah. So and and you said there's a guy like this Hal guy. He wrote one for realtors. Yeah, he did, and um, and it's okay. It like it talks about two realtors who go to a seminar, and the husband, um, he's not focused on 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 sales anymore or, or his business. And then over the time of the book, he you know he you know, like he starts to work on you know like on himself and goals and stuff. It's it's pretty good. I have it on the Audible, you mm-hmm. know, so I play it once in a while in the car. You know, but I mean, to me, the process is just an easy one to follow. And to be honest, even just waking up in the morning in five minutes of silence, just to have a cup of coffee and think about what I'm going to do today, you know, totally, you know, it, it gets pretty good. You know, and then because all of a sudden the kids are awake and, and breakfast, you know, and the, Johnny wants five pancakes. <laughs> Julia only wants to eat like two blueberries because she's already full. And it's like, you know. You know how it goes, and then make lunches and school, and and, and then work. Right? Yeah, I I'm with you. I get up early before anybody else in my family as well. Mostly, I would say for the quiet and silence to be able to just you know start the day in a way where you're not responding to to people's needs. It's um, yeah, and sometimes I'll just yeah. It's not like I get up and I'm you know you're that thing that you're doing sounds sounds amazing. It's not like I'm. I'm up early working. I'm I'm up early just taking some me time and starting starting the day the way that uh, that I want to start it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, like as far as I am concerned, it's important, you know, to have a good start to the day. And you know, you know, because on the other hand, if you're in a rush when you know, like I find if I'm in a rush when we leave the house, get the kids to school with like two seconds to spare. And then I run to the office and then, oh, holy smokes, like it's a crazy start and it's pretty stressful. Whereas if we're on time and all those things, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Are you a breakfast guy? Do you eat breakfast every day or no? Um, well, I kind of go back and forth. Um, these last two months, I've just eaten having coffee in the morning, coffee and MCT oil um, and cinnamon and honey. And that's all I have till lunchtime. Yeah. So I kind of changed that about two months ago, but, uh, you know, like I go back and forth a lot because of course I love food restaurants, <laughs> I love, you know, steak and eggs would be awesome every day, but then I'd be 400 pounds, right? <laughs> so, you know, instead of 250, so I'm keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's 250 beautiful pounds. So that's uh, what, yeah, that, that, that's what matters. That's right. Hey, so I want to, uh, dive in with you here a little bit. I gave you, um, a little bit of a synopsis of where I wanted to take the conversation. And so I thought where we would start is dig into the state of the market that we find ourselves in and get your perspective on it. Specifically, we've been in this space now that, that nobody predicted, but you know, nobody going into COVID thought that we were going to go into a hot real estate market. I think most people thought that we were going to go into some kind of recession and all, you know, slowly die or something, but it's, it's been the opposite. And I want to hear your perspective on supply and demand conversation, how you're interpreting the numbers that we're seeing. You know, we've we've got two things going on that almost seem not impossible, but challenging to happen together in that we've set records in terms of n- amount of inventory that has come on the market and the demand has gobbled up all the inventory at such a rate that in terms of standing inventory, we're also at our lowest levels of all time. So it would be one thing to say, uh, you know, well, inventory is low because nobody's been listing homes for sale, but that's not true. We've, the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board as an example, has processed more new listings than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got way, we've got more buyers and more people wanting to, to absorb real estate than ever before. And so the combination of those two things has given us the most sales we've ever seen. And yet we still have the lowest inventory. Um, and so I just wanted to get your your take on how you're you're processing that and what your interpretation of that is. Sure. Well, it's, I mean, to start with, it's kind of crazy, you know. You know I mean, like when you look back 18 months ago, you know, so when I, I became a realtor in 1994, I was 20 years old, and my dad wanted me to be a school teacher. And I said, no, no, I want to be in real estate like you. And so here we go all these years later, um, and then, you know, 
start of COVID and my sister, who's a teacher, all of a sudden I thought, man, was she ever smart to be a teacher? You know, because hmm. I thought, well, you know, like we're going to sell no houses. Mm -hmm. I'll be broke, you know, within a year, you know, like all these fears, right? Yeah. And then the start of COVID, I think I had four listings and we had just switched to shooting video the um fall before covid hit we changed you know from the old way of doing virtual tours yes. to actual doing video yeah and and i had four listings and uh, um actually three of the four sold without the people viewing them in person until they had an offer accepted really that was sold. right at the beginning yeah. of covid it was crazy yeah huh and i had a client who was actually ill and couldn't have showings yeah and the person who bought it said oh i'll view it after we get the offer accepted and and so i realized okay we're still going to be able to help people who want to move but yeah you know like it's been crazy ever since and to me i mean i'm always surprised at the the fact you know you know that our sales like you had mentioned are the highest ever and the inventory is of course our lowest mm -hmm. the lack of the inventory is not a surprise because you know like we're in in the valley you know there's hardly any land left you know there's alr and mountains and what's in between mm -hmm. and of course construction is behind you know as well right mm -hmm. so you know and then all these you know, like i have two two clients who moved from uh, who moved to abbotsford who are living in the west end in vancouver who said we'd never move back to abbotsford it's a hick town all this <laughs> stuff right yeah um, and then as soon as COVID hit, you know, they're in a, a small condo in the West End. And the wife said to the husband, you know, like, you know, like we're going to be divorced unless we get a house because I can't take working from home with you every day in 800 square feet. Sure. So sure enough, I sold their condo and they live in the atmosphere in the house for the same price. And, you know, so that's been a factor, you know, right. As you know, you know like all these people are leaving Vancouver, Burnaby, Surrey, and they're coming our way because, you know, like there's more to offer now abitur has lots of restaurants and, and pubs and and shopping and you know and you know, and of course our prices are more affordable if you're living in vancouver yeah yeah so it's been interesting you know and then i think our lack of supply um you know like i was mentioning in some cases we already had a supply issue um and i think that the onset of COVID has made it worse because a lot of people were too scared to list their homes because of COVID, right? You know, and they have concerns with their health and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then because that there's a lack of inventory, then I have clients who say, well, gee, I can't find the house I want to move to yet. So I'm going to wait on listing and going on the market until we find the place. Mm -hmm. The catch 22, right? Yep. You have the same problem. People say, well, you know, I'll hold off on listing. And then we got to say, well, you know, no, you have to list and uh, look for a house at the same time, right? Which, to some people is daunting and they hold off on going on the mark. Yeah. It's, it, it, there's a, it, it's, it's, but it's not as though we haven't had inventory, you know, like there was uh, just a couple months back, the, the board, I think they processed something like 4,000 new listings in one month. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it's just, and, and you know, like to put things in perspective, like I remember back in the, in the, in the boom of the early two thousands, like, you know, 2004, five, six, seven, it was considered a lot if there was 2000 listings processed in a month. Yeah. And so like, we're, we're literally putting in some cases, double the inventory onto the market than we had, you know, 15 years ago and it's still not enough. So I, I hear you. Like, I mean, I know we all have a lot of, you know, a handful of people who, who are afraid to list because they can't find something to buy, but it's not as though there hasn't been options out there. It's just that the demand um, so far, I guess, is far exceeding the available inventory. And then, you know, on the, on the, um, the, the new home conversation, um, you've probably seen these articles too recently, but in the last few weeks, there's been a few national and local articles published about the fact that there's more homes under construction, like in the, in the process, uh, new, I think mm -hmm. they call it new home starts, than we've ever had. So the, it's the, there is a there is a new home supply coming, yeah. You know, and but then you know, I guess nobody has the metric on how many of those are already pre-sold. I have no idea. I would love to know though. You know, it doesn't mean a lick if you've got a three hundred unit condo building under construction, but the whole thing was sold out already eighteen months ago, right? 
Well, yes, that's true. And and um, it's a matter, of course, of location of the new construction, too. So, for example, Chilliwack is booming. At, uh, I'm in Sardis. There's a few projects under construction which are on on actually native lease land, too. Yep, yep. So those are housing starts, but I mean, you know, like the idea of being on lease land doesn't always apply to everybody either, right? And so it depends where these these buildings are being built and the houses are are being built. It's based on location too, uh, as we know. And I think the demand keeps increasing. And like, you know, there are lots of people who who are parents and grandparents who over the years have built up equity who are now saying, yeah to their kids who, you know, you know, like I even have a few friends who are in their forties who, who've always been renting. And then all of a sudden, you know, the parents are saying, here's 200 grand, go buy a place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the increase in the pool of buyers keeps increasing. And of course, you know, that's, a, you know, you know, like also attributed to the interest rates are, you know, you know, are super low and and affordable and the rents are crazy. Like a house in Clearbrook where I live rents now for three grand a month up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you look at that, you know, what's the cost of buying versus renting? It's much cheaper in lots of cases to actually buy again. So that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. The cost. And that's a, that's a huge driver in all of this too. The, the, the cost of, um, of borrowed money and the deflation of currency contribute to inflationary assets like real estate. And I mean, you know, you and I probably aren't, don't have enough letters behind our name to, to dive into that, but that that's a massive piece. You know, if we're going to continue to have cheap money and drive the value of our money down with low interest rates, then uh, assets that are more fixed and hard like real estate are going to inflate um, in the face of that. And I don't, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, no, that's right. It's on course to just keep increasing. And, you know, like when, like I talked to a few clients, you know, who talk about the return they're getting on their money in the bank and it's, it's low. So they say, well, you know what, I'll buy a rental property then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. So in, you, you mentioned, um, video, uh, that you had started kind of at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm curious what, how has this, uh, this last 18 months changed? changed what what you used to do you know what what are you doing today maybe that you weren't doing 18 months ago or what did you stop doing uh is there anything that that sticks out significantly i mean we can talk about the video more but are there other things where you just said like this is a waste of time i'm not doing this anymore i i feel like there's a lot of that there's been a big shift of priorities in how we sell homes so of course open houses yeah they're they're dead Yeah, you know, and there's lots of reasons, you know, like in that case, why open houses, you know, like with me are not that important as they were before. But, you know, a big yeah. reason was COVID and concerns. And, you know, like we have lots of clients who say, well, like, if you're going to show our house during this pandemic, can you make sure the person is qualified and they're a real buyer and they aren't just a neighbor who wants to look at my kitchen? Mm-hmm. So the only way of doing that is not hold open houses and to have showings and have them, you know, make sure people are qualified, right? So that's been a big change. Um, you know, like, like in my case, you know, like what I love as far as being a realtor is that we hold three or four client parties a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I love seeing people face to face. And so that's been a big change because, you know, we weren't able to hold any parties. And so Christmas party, Easter egg hunt, um, mm-hmm. said ice cream, social drinks at the pub. Like I used to do all these things and, and see our clients and friends face to face. And because of COVID, you know, that's all changed. Um, although, you know, um, the end of August, we actually held our first, told our first ice cream social in two years and and so we had it at birchwood dairy and we had about 80 families who came out but it was outside mm-hmm. so, you, you know so you talk to people in the sunshine and it was fine but um you know like last year i kind of held off on stopping by popping by our, our clients because of covid and then our first big chance to see people was mother's day last year and so i picked all the moms on our client list and friends and and I went to each mom with an orchid and knocked on the door and said, hey, mom, you know, like you're important to your kids and family and more important, you know, like during these times. 
and a few ladies started crying. And I said, don't well, cry. Like, I'm going to cry. But they started crying because, like, it had been a few months of not seeing anybody. Well, you know, you, you know, I'm wearing a mask and standing back and trying not to hug because I'm a hugger. Right. And, <laughs> right. But like they're crying and it was it was awesome just to see people again. So that's a big change because in the past, you know, I'd go for a drive on the weekend and stop on Beaver Street and see a client and, and talk and have a coffee. Right. Hmm. So that had changed a lot. And so videos for our listings is one thing, but also, you know, you know, you know, like I do bomb bomb videos and some of the yep. client's birthday, I'll call and, and, and they don't answer because they're all busy. Well, then I send a video and they can see my face. I say, happy birthday, buddy. And, you, you know, you're turning 25 for the 10th time. Happy birthday. And it's me in a video saying hi. So that's been pretty powerful because we didn't, you know, we haven't had a chance to see everybody. So you weren't, so pre pandemic. You were, you always did something on people's birthday, correct? Oh yeah. Like I would call and send a birthday card. But you weren't call. doing a per, you weren't doing a video. You did a video yeah. as a result of this. Yes. You know, I'm like, you know, to, to be honest, I used to be scared of videos. Like, you know, like I would say to myself, gee, I'm a person, who, you know, who probably shouldn't be in video. I don't, I don't think if you're not scared of video, then you're not human. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, it's, it's intimidating for anybody to start and then once you get used to it i i think you know everybody can get comfortable with it oh yeah you know and like in my case it's all about self-talk and you know and again affirmations and whatnot because i would say oh gee like here i'm a person who you know who actually stutters i've been to speech therapy mm -hmm. since i was a kid you know you know and then i would say gee i probably shouldn't be in video you know but over time i become comfortable and I just realized it's me. And, you know, I mean, people know, you know, you, you know, that once in a while I stutter or get tripped up on something. And so I'm just used to it now. I mean, I've, I've probably filmed, I don't know, hundreds professional videos, hundreds of videos, yeah. plus all the bomb bombs. And, yeah. you know, yeah. So I would probably say 500 videos now. And, you know, so now it's, it's, it's fine. I'm used to it. Like, so in, with your database, that covers like what you've changed in your database. What about in terms of the actual process of doing transactions? Is there anything that you've changed significantly, significantly, you know, that you'll never revert back to? Sure. You know, I, 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 I mean, open houses, you know, for sure won't be as big, a, as big a feature mm -hmm. um, in our marketing. You know, I mean, I switched to zoom calls and e-signing especially you know like if people are are staying home or they're out of town so that's not going to change we'll keep on doing that and then i guess really it's a it's a factor of, you know you know like of the market so in a balanced market it, you know if you wanted to buy a condo i would probably go and preview 10 for you and then say look i've been to all 10 here's the views from the totally yeah balcony and of course that's all gone now because first of all the inventory is too low to preview you know even two mm -hmm. two homes and then also because of COVID, there aren't any previews and you know so in, in so in five years if the market is back to a buyer's market and there's a hundred condos would i start previewing again probably as long as you know we have the opportunities you know so it wouldn't be a change forever but you know like at least for the next year or two i think the chances of me previewing five houses on eagle mountain with a view of mount baker pretty slim if there's two houses for sale we go have a look right away i don't you know take a week to preview because it'll be sold yeah you know what though you just you you made me think of something that i think is relevant still is that i did the same thing like uh for many years i would preview and one of the reasons i would preview is like you know in a, in a more in a very different market there could be you know 15 places that meet the client's criteria uh, you know that, you know, only a handful of them are actually going to be worthwhile. And so for the sake of time and to save time in evenings and weekends, which is a lot of the time when, when clients want to go out, I would go out during the day when my schedule allows and knock that off. But even in this <clears throat> environment, you know, in this world where, you know, a listing hits Wednesday and they're showing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever, we'll get to, that's actually one thing I want to get into with you today, but I will uh, go out again, on my time during the day, you know, 9.30 in the morning, 11 a.m., whatever, if possible, and I'll, I'll preview it. And I can usually eliminate almost all of the wasted time showings that would otherwise need to occur at a way less convenient time for my schedule. 
-hmm. And that's still something that you can do today, you know, even in this environment, you know, otherwise we're, we're forced into some of these showing times that are, you know, can, can be ridiculous um, depending on, on what type of listing it is. So that's a great point. I think that's a, that's an awesome tactic that benefits the client and benefits uh, the agent potentially. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, yes, that's right. And also what's changed is, you know, like in years past, you know, you know, like say when I started in real estate, uh, if you wanted to look at a house, you would tell me your price range and the area, and then I would find the houses and then pick you up and you'd be surprised at which ones we were seeing. I'd say here's totally. five and yeah. you'd be surprised. And now, say, you know, you already have the address, drive by the house and make mm-hmm. sure that it's what you want to have a look at. Yeah. You know, make sure you don't say, oh, gee, the houses across the street are crappy. I don't want to live there. Well, that's great. Cross it off the list. Yeah. You know, so that's changed a lot too, right? And Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Switching gears a bit, we're, uh, we're, in, we're, going, we're heading into October. Walk me through what this last quarter, I mean, I know we're into our last quarter technically. Well, I guess we're starting in October, November, December. Yeah, what, are you, what are you doing? How are you setting this up mentally in terms of how you're finishing your year, how you're planning for next year, where are you finding some time for R&R? Um, like there's a lot of needs that come up in the last quarter, but there's a lot of really important things for starting right in 2022. So just w- walk me through what that looks like a little bit. To me, the fourth quarter ends up being more of a season of gratitude because we have Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in October and then um the month after is the Realtors Care Blanket Drive, which I'm a big part of. And then we have Christmas. So basically, this last quarter, I spent a lot of time calling and popping by with clients, going for lunch or coffee if we can. And just, you know, I'm just trying to express our gratitude, saying, you know, thanks for the referrals and support. And, then, you know, and then it's fun to see people. So that's always a big feature of the fourth quarter for me. Um, and then, and then as far as planning for next year, I know that all of the interactions I have in this quarter are going to pay dividends next year. Mm-hmm. So I've learned over the years, you know, I mean, it only took me 25 years to realize, okay, it's the people I talk to in the fourth quarter or the ones who are calling usually in the first quarter of next year. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, you know, whereas in, whereas in the past, you know, you know, like when I was younger and wasn't as organized, I would start to call people and see them in January. Well, in January is too late. The people that you see in January that you haven't talked to in five years, if they're thinking of moving, it'll be in May or June mm-hmm. because it's a process. And very few people, you know, when I call and, and they say, yeah, actually our house is too small let's move in a week well no it's always a few months away when you talk to people and, and they want help you know on looking at their options it's always a few months out so i've learned that the calls and pop-bys and, and coffees and lunches whatever drinks with with friends you know those, those have to happen in the fourth quarter to help me to have a strong year next so i'm already planning a certain number of interactions with people I care about and ask them how they're doing and also asking, you know, people, how has COVID changed your view? No, you know, like uh, as far as your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, and that's a very valid question. Yeah. And it, um, you know, in two or three occasions, I've been pretty surprised by clients who I thought were in their dream home, you know, in, you know, what's it called forever home. Yeah. And then I call them and they say, well, I'm working from home on our dining room table. And I talked to their spouse who has a desk in the walk-in closet because they got <laughs> four kids and they're working from home now. Mm-hmm. And then they say, you know, um, it's time for us to move to a house that actually has an office. And you say, oh, okay, I thought you were going to be here forever. No, no, we want to move. So it's been interesting. And then also there are people who actually have no idea what the value of their home is. Mm-hmm. And I call and ask, you know, how things are going and explain the market. And they say, well, do you know, we want to help our grandson buy a condo, but we can't afford it. Then I say, oh, well, you know, you know, like your house in Clearbrook is up 30%. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah. And you can post some equity. It, it's but, shocking you know, to people, actually. Uh, quite, oh, if, it is. If they haven't been in the market or someone close in their life hasn't been in the market. I just had a conversation with somebody the other day where like they were, they were low by about $200,000 on the value yeah. of their property in terms of yeah. what they thought. 
Yeah, you know, and that's, but um, to summarize this talk as far as fourth quarter, I think it's important to talk to people now and see everybody, and it helps you for next year. So are and, you, uh, sorry, quick question on that. The Getting through your people that you want to see in the fall, two questions actually. Are you Are you going through everybody in your database or are you picking out people that you think are likely to need a conversation? And then are you like literally scheduling, okay, this week I'm calling these five or 10 people. And then how are you still, I think for some people who have maybe never done this or are trying to put this discipline into their life, they wrestle with, well, how do I do this? And then still sell houses because the market is still busy and people are still busy running around with buyers and listing homes. So how yeah. are you fitting that into your busy schedule in this season? Okay. Geez, those are all good. Sorry. I asked about six. Awesome questions. Qu- I said it was no, two questions. They're all good questions. Um, so it's it took me a while to realize that I have to make time in the morning, even half an hour in the morning to call or text people. Everyone's busy. I don't call in the evening at five o'clock when the hockey game's on or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. I call in the morning. And if nobody answers, it's awesome, you know, because because then I have a chance to leave a voice message, and if they don't, you know, so I so I call or text yeah. just to check in. And I realize that you know, like I have to do it in the morning before eleven, otherwise, you know, how things get rolling. Yeah, and then it's eight o'clock, and the whole day's gone. Yeah, and then I really try to to see one or two clients a week for lunch or coffee. Yeah. You know, and we all have to have lunch. And so if I'm going to show, you know, like a house in Langley, I'll see which of my clients work nearby. Yeah. And just call and ask them, you know, like, do you have a chance for lunch tomorrow? And then even if the answer is no, well, that's one of the calls I made too, to ask how they're doing. Totally. Um, and then I have all my clients um, and friends who, who, you know, who are buying and selling. I, I, I do have them organized. So, of course, you know, like those people who I've talked to in the last year about moving. Well, you know, I'll probably call them. Yeah, they're in your pipeline more You're, often, sure. right? Yeah. Um, and then also, I have clients who I call my A plus and my A clients. So those clients always recommend me. You know, like those people who recommend restaurants and um and stuff are the same people who I find recommend me. Mm-hmm. You know, personality wise, and to those people I contact probably monthly in some way, whether it's a pop book over to their house with a gift and they aren't home and I leave it and I text them or a call or a video. So I guess, you know, like I, like I do have my clients organized in groups, of, you know, I, and I do have some who say, you know what, I don't, I, you know, like I don't want you, you to call me all the time, then that's okay. I give them a call on their birthday and see how things are. But I do find it helpful to have the clients organized in who I should be calling based on their past whether you know, it's a person who refers a lot of people to me well then i'll call them more often just to check in you know you know because referrals are important and and then if i have clients who are going to you know through a change in life or whatever it is well then i call them more often too to check in or somebody has a new baby then i'm dropping off coffee in the morning because they just had twins hmm. you know or a bottle of scotch because they just had twins yeah yeah right yep. so it's important to organize it but i mean to be honest i find but all I have to do to be, you know, like a good realtor person who cares and wants to help and also to keep the sales coming in is five calls or texts a day. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care who the realtor is. You can't tell me that in the morning at 10 o'clock, you don't have time to quickly text or call five people mm-hmm. and say, hey, Andrew, how's it going? I drove past your house. You, you're grass looks awesome right you know, like i have no grass at my house in clearbrook and yours is like a golf course What's the secret? <laughs> right? that's, that's amazing all it takes. and then you go oh, well i you know it's on drugs my grass is on drugs and then we, <laughs> then we talk right that's all it takes you know what's also awesome is birthday calls i call everybody on their birthday and you, you know what's what's crazy in this world is I have people who say I'm the only person who calls hmm. and, and they have kids and grandkids who text grandpa HBD. Sure. That's it. Yeah. They don't call grandpa. Yeah. And I'm like, really? But you got five grandkids. Oh yeah. But they, you know, they're all busy. They don't, you know, they don't have a chance to call me in the morning yet. So I'm the one calling. It's fun. Yeah. You know, I, I, so I'm, I'm listening here 
smiling as you're talking. I mean, you, you and I are both, um, uh, we have the same philosophy in terms of how to drive business. But I'm I'm saying like, you know, the, the things that are easy or that are easy, like you said, hey, it's easy to text or call people five times a day. It's easy when you have a system that you've yeah. got established. Like, so when you got a great CRM and I know you use uh, Buffini's referral maker. Yeah, um, it's I, the best I, thing ever. I don't use that. I, I use a, I've, I've, I utilize a lot of, you know, the Buffini mentality and philosophies and systems. I, I don't, so I, I can, you know, I'm, you don't, I mean, it's a, it is a great system, but you don't have to use it if you, you no. know, you can make another one work. But the bottom line is, is that having your, your database of people organized into groups and understanding what a pipeline is, which you do, and, and for you, it's second nature, but those five calls or texts are actually really difficult and hard to accomplish if you don't have the system working for you telling you what you need to do each day and that's the key you've got that system in place and that's why those calls and texts are uh, are so automatic well yes i mean it's true but also like it's just you know i mean you know like it's not always that easy when i look and say oh gee i just talked to andrew last month um okay what am i going to talk about you know and then you have to kind of plan you know you know so one thing i do when i look at i'm at the paragon system in the morning and look at our new listings i'll check and see okay there's a house for sale near andrew's house okay then i'm going to text you and say hey there's a house for sale around the corner just wanted you to know totally and then it counts as a as a call or an interaction but the you know to me the secret to it is referral maker because it has a dashboard it and so each time i call you andrew then i log the call and it puts you back in to the system and so if for example you're an a plus client who often recommends me then it puts you back in for a call next month right and so all i have to do is go on to referral maker open it up and say oh call andrew right call maureen and then it tells me who to call so i don't actually really have to think about who i'm calling and i mean i'm kind of like a chatty kathy doll right you pull my string at the back and I can talk for three hours. I don't know where I get it from, but <laughs> right. You might, but, uh, you might be so, a chip off the old block. It's possible. Yeah, I might be. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, but to, but to be honest, every day, the first call, I always think, Oh, gee, do I want to, you know, to call this person, you know, this morning, what if they're busy? It happens every morning. And then I make the first call or text, you know, or Facebook messenger or, yeah. or even on Instagram depends who the person is. And then I felt great because because it never happens. Every person says, "Hey, Dave, how are you? Thanks for calling." Like everybody's so happy, and I'm like, "You know, they're all drunk already." Like everyone's happy <laughs> to hear from me, right? But it happens every day. I think, "Oh, I want to make these calls," you know. But I, you know, because it's hard, and you know, like when I talk to my dad, John, for example, you know, like when he came to Abbotsford in the '70s and he sold a hundred houses a year, he had to talk to 28 people to have a chance at an appointment that was his average so he and, and so he would make a couple hundred calls a day out of the yeah, phone book i know it's he crazy. had no friends here right and it worked and so in my case i'm calling people you know who are friends and past clients who like me i think most of them like me and i like them mm-hmm. so it's like hey did you watch the crazy game on sunday right you know like you yeah. know like san fran lost poor harry gill san fran lost right but <laughs> yeah. you know like it's an it's an easy sorry harry uh, no but like um, it's an easy call to make you know so most realtors if they're you know like if they're concerned about how to do it you have to to make a list of people who you know and like and uh, you know and uh, um and then people who like you in return and just call and offer your help every day Mm-hmm. You no, know, well, you, you know, so five days a week, right? So five days a week, five calls a day is going to probably equal a sale, you know, over the next twelve months. Yeah, so and, my, and right, and the no, no question. And the thing I think for people to remember too is that, like, you know, I think one of the one of the pushbacks that you can get on the on a model like that is people go like, well, I've only got a database of like. 75 people so how can i i'm going to call through them and i can't call them again and obviously you adapt the numbers and the strategy given the size of the database and and yeah you can certainly yeah. get to a point where you're in touch with people too often but, but if you're in touch with people texting's a beautiful thing i find texting is such a soft way to communicate where you're not yeah. invading the person's personal space and if you're delivering something of value to your point like if you just say 
Hey, John, FYI, I just wanted you to know that place right behind you down the road went to market on this day, was on the market for nine days, sold for this much, seven offers and this much over asking. I uh, thought you'd be curious. And that's it. Like, yeah. there's going to be a metric of how many times you get a call out of that. And like, you know, people are going to call. They're going to, your phone's going to ring. You're not going to have to phone them. They phone you and mm -hmm. they go, holy shit. What, what like, what, what was yeah. that? Right. And then you're into a conversation and, and, and who knows where that leads, but that's a, that, that's a beautiful way, you know, for the John Corey's of the world who had to pound the, uh, pound the phone to get through that many contacts, texting and, you know, messenger and whatever we can make. 15 touch points in the time that it took your dad to make 150 touch points. Oh, and yeah. we can do it in a non-invasive way where we're not necessarily interrupting their day as well. Well, yeah. And, um, yes, exactly. Um, um, and also the one thing I wanted to say was even if a person has 50 people, uh, you know, like, like as a database, um, it's not too much, contact if you know so for example you know so in august so august i phoned everybody for the ice cream social and i also mailed out ice cream scoops mm -hmm. you know just you know you know because i have the scoop on the market so august was nice ice play cream on social. words i like that that's yeah. good yeah. thanks so august was ice cream social um and then this month is a call the kids are back in school you know i'm um, also a text on their birthday or whatever and then october's I'm out, you know, is probably a call again or probably popping by with something, you know, like I always, you know, because of, you know, this is a season of gratitude to probably pumpkin spice latte and, you know, and, you know, whatever I do for Popeyes. But, you know, what I'm saying, I, I'm rambling. What I'm saying is a call one month, you know, and then a text the following month, you know, is not too much. If you had a realtor who's, who called you on your birthday and every month he sent you a text or, dropped off a gift at your house, it wouldn't be too much contact. The average person would say, man, I got an awesome realtor. Yeah, because what you're doing is delivering value yeah. and you're generous. If I think it's, it's hard. Invasive. Yeah, it's, it's right? not invasive. Like it's not a call every day, you know? Yeah, and it's hard for people, for people who haven't adopted your business model. You know, you got to remember that everything you're doing when you're reaching out to people is you're actually bringing value or you're giving them something. So it's, there's going to be a very rare human that says, Oh, that David Corey's an asshole. I wish he would leave me alone. You know, yeah, most people calling on my birthday. Yeah. Keep, what yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. He calls me on my birthday. He gives me gifts. What, what kind of guy is this? So yeah, you got to be delivering value and, and genuinely, you know, bringing, uh, whatever authentic relationship to the, to the call or the Popeye or whatever. And, and people just absolutely, absolutely dig it up. Obviously the proof is in the pudding. Well, and it's funny, there's a realtor who used to work at our office um, who now works in Langley somewhere else. He calls me twice a year and he asks me, it's been like four years now, he asked me what he should do. And he <laughs> says, you know, and I keep on telling him, you know, like, this is what you should do. And I just tell him that like, you know, that here's the process. I didn't invent the process. Brian Buffini helped it and Tom Hopkins and a bunch of these real estate trainers. All you do is stay in touch and treat people how they want to be treated and so this guy asked me every like, like like he's gonna call me again at christmas and say what should i do i haven't talked to any of my clients all year and then i'm gonna say you know it's christmas time call or pop by yeah and he's gonna say no that's too much work or it's yeah too hard to bother them and i'm gonna say well you're wrong because you know like i like i have clients where i've probably helped 20 of their family members now and the only reason that I've stayed in touch with them over the last, say, 15 years is because I call and text them, pop by and have a good time. And if I see, you know, like, you know, like I'm an Elvis fan, I have clients who are Elvis fans. If I see that there's an Elvis thing on sale, I text them, you see this, you know, like it's Elvis underwear. We should get some, you know, <laughs> like whatever it is. Right. Totally. And stay in touch. Totally. You know, you know, the Elvis suit, um, there was an auction, Elvis suit sold for a million bucks plus 500 grand for the cape <laughs> so the cape was 500 grand and so i phoned a client who's a friend now too because they become friends right yeah and i said paul you have to have the cape if you're buying the elvis suit and he's like yeah you have to pay the 500 grand for the cape and we're laughing away and then he asked me the question everybody asked so how's the market that's and amazing he's got an acreage and when i told him his acreage is worth two and a half million and above yeah 
he said, oh, well, I have a daughter who's going to UBC. I guess I can help her buy a condo then. And yeah. I said, yes, you can. Yeah. And then he said, me, can you help me? And I said, yes, I can. Yeah. And guess what? It, it all came because I called him on an Elvis suit, which, you know, which I wanted to call him anyway and say, isn't that crazy? 500 grand for the tape? Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be a sale down the road. Totally. Hey, I want to, I want to grab one. Uh, you did something. I, I, I got, I got another topic I want to jump to. So I want to make sure I don't take too much of your time, but, but before we, we, we leave um, this conversation, if with, with your permit, well, I know you're always willing to share your ideas, but you did something, you did a Popeye, I think it was last summer or the summer before. And it was with the Costco tri-pack of ketchup, mustard, and relish. Oh yeah. Can you, yeah. I, I saw you do that. First of all, I'm walking through the office and I see like, I don't even know, 200 of these Costco packages. Everyone knows the triple pack that comes up in spring and summer. They're coming into the office and they ask you what the heck's going on. So just give, give that one. Cause I think that's like amazing, practical. And I know it went really well for you. So what, what was that? Yeah. Well, so first of all, all the ideas I have, you know, like as far as Popeye's, most of them come from the you know the group of Athenian company all the realtors share ideas sure yeah and there's probably 400 Popeye ideas on the site and so in the summer I I chose this cool idea so it's a pack of mustard rush sorry it's a pack of ketchup and mustard and relish yeah and so the tag was you know from a realtor who just wants to catch up with you and I relish your company. And when it comes to real estate, I cut the mustard or something like on, yeah, on, on those lines. It was a play on words. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, and so I just dropped it off to to all the clients who I wanted to talk to and reach out to. And the thing is, see, my clients are used to receiving you know things from me 10 times a year, mm-hmm. right? And so they come home to their front door and i've texted saying hey i popped by with a treat for you yeah you know and they're always opening the bag what's in it and people <laughs> went crazy they're like how'd you know we're out of ketchup that's amazing you know? <laughs> it's barbecue season how did you know you know and two years ago um, it was umbrellas i did small umbrellas yeah and, and i had ladies who phoned and said it's pouring rain and i forgot a raincoat i reach into my purse and what's there this umbrella you gave me, you know, and, that's amazing. And that's genius. And I'm saying, well, it's BC. So I knew it was going to start raining again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like I have realtors asking, what's the cost? Well, you know, like the actual cost of the gift is minor. It's not about, you know, the actual gift, you, you know, like you can do whatever you want for gifts. It's just the idea of actually reaching out and offering somebody a gift. But even if you do, you know, like, so you run the math and you go, so those, those tri packs, like using those as an example, yeah. I, I feel like they're like something like eight ninety nine or something like that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's right. There, so you go eight ninety nine. you hand out whatever, 150, 200 of those, you know, you can approach that two ways. Someone could go, well, geez, that's expensive when you do the math, or you can go like, well, that's going to lead to an average of, you know, a transaction and a half or two transactions or yeah. whatever. And then you do the math and the return, and it's a no-brainer. Not not to mention the residual effect of of stuff like that um, is incredible. Yeah, and 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 see the average, the my average cost, like you know, if I average it out over the year, it's probably four dollars a pop by gift. Like the some of the gifts, you know, like um, like so for example, St. Patrick's Day, I send out a card, um, and it's luck of the Irish, and, and then I include a scratch and win. Oh, that's so awesome! That's a dollar for the scratch and win, and people will call me. I want four dollars. You're you're awesome. Do you put I a disclaimer? Do you put a disclaimer in anything over a hundred bucks? You get it's five. Mine. You get you yeah. get like a percentage of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's right. Or, or no, actually, you know, like if the prize is a big one, it goes towards the down payment of your next <laughs> property. But you know, you know, you know. But I mean, that costs a dollar. Yeah, and I mean October's. So this month, you know, um, so I guess it's now 10 years in a row. I drop off two packs of pumpkin spice latte and a box of stovetop stuffing Mm. and a poem, you know, that talks about, you know, being too fat from turkey dinner. (laughs) And that's all it is. And it's it's probably three dollars and 50 cents or four dollars. But I have have clients who are texting me already saying is my package on the way. Yeah. Because they want their stovetop stuffing and their spice latte. And it's fun. 
Yeah. Right? You know, um, and then I, I do have a few clients, a few clients who say every year, I would never eat the stuffing. I give it to the food bank. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Right. You know, which is awesome too. And then I always say, oh, I always apologize. I'm sorry. And they always say, and they always answer, no, no, keep on dropping it off. So, I mean, it's a win-win either way. Right? Absolutely. Even they don't want to eat stovetop stuffing. Yeah. But I mean, who wouldn't want to? It's like, you know. There we go. For anybody listening. Ketchup, mustard, and relish next, uh, maybe May. I would, I would say, yeah, May, yeah, May June, June, somewhere in there. Everybody's out of it. Everybody needs it, and uh, it's a it's a no brainer. You can get them cheap at Costco or wherever you you want to get them. Yes, and then also, okay, here I'll I'll stole all my secrets. The most <laughs> awesome thing is wrapping paper at the end of November. Oh, no brainer! Absolutely. Everybody say, Everybody says, how did you know we're out or we don't have any wrapping paper yet? How did you know? <laughs> well, Christmas comes the same time every yeah, year. Yeah, right? I have a special gift. I just know these things and nobody else does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have a grasp of the calendar that is uh, pretty unique. But no, and, and, it's, and it's fun too. And yeah, yeah it's amazing. So, And if you, you know, I'll add something onto that because I've done the same thing. If you really want to think ahead, what you do is this year... At Christmas, if you, everyone who follows the Christmas world knows this, you can buy wrapping paper insanely cheap at a particular time of year right before the Christmas season is over. And yeah. so you buy your wrapping paper now, not for this year, you're buying it now at 30 cents on the dollar for next year. Yeah. And that's how you. And it lasts, lasts forever. Well, it lasts forever. And like it's all the same stuff every year, you know, buy whatever theme stuff you want or whatever. Yeah, but... Mickey Mouse and or, yeah. or, or Star Wars. And then if you really want to want to kick things up a notch, like Emerald used to say, you add you add a roll of tape. Totally. And yeah. People go, people think you're a genius, you know, like, you know, like all my dates think, oh, you're so smart, but it's not. It's just, uh, you know. Wait, wait, what did you just say? Much. All your dates? What, what, what was this? What <laughs> was this? so smart. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we're going to take that part up. In part, part two of the podcast, how, yeah. how Dave, David Corey turns regular Popeye business into yeah. automatic dates. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Valentine's Day is a whole different, different topic. Well, but, I didn't want to take you yeah. off topic before, but when you were talking about going to your client's house with roses and then the women are crying, I mean, there was a segue there that I just, I had to bite my tongue. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, take you off topic <laughs> yeah yeah which i was elvis but no um hey i want to get into one last thing if you got um if you got some time left for us if that's okay i, I only have four hours left you only so. have four okay well i i I'd, i only want maybe another 15 20 minutes sure okay so this is a hot 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 topic uh in our world today highly controversial a lot of people have opinions on either side so i wanted to just open it up for you and to see what you have to say, kick it around for a bit. The handling of listings in this environment that we've discussed, you know, particularly what is presumed to be, let's say a hot listing, what are, what is right and what is wrong? What should people be doing in terms of bringing it to market, uh, access for showings, number of days of exposure, when we should be looking at offers, like the whole bit, give me your take on what's stupid what's smart and what should be done and then there's also the conversation of what benefits the agents and what actually benefits the clients yeah okay well so so this is a hot topic so i guess it as an agent it depends whether you're working on behalf of a seller or a buyer mm -hmm. so as a realtor who mainly works you know with you know like like the last year and a half two years mainly sellers i've been lucky there knock on wood. Um, so our job is to create kind of a frenzy around each property. Mm -hmm. So I like to take offers on a certain day and time. So the house is exposed on the market, you know, you know, like for five days to a week, and then we take offers. And then it's important to allow access to the home for showings and all that. And then we, you know, take offers and you know we'll work on getting the highest price for you know you know for our client and so on monday we had 14 offers on a house and our client got a lot more than she had had planned on and so she was very happy and that's our job um you know you know but on the other hand we you know like i made sure the house probably had 40 showings and all the showings were accommodated you know she had a tenant and we gave her gift cards to go to a restaurant and she was out of the house for the showings 
And it's important to have the access because if you're working for a buyer client and you have a realtor who says, yeah, we have two hours of showings on a Sunday and then offers are due at four o'clock on Sunday night. Well, that's a problem because you can't even get into the house and you, and you won't even have time to think about it. You know, if you have a client who's buying, you can't even talk to their bank because it's, it's rushed, right? Yeah. So, okay. There's a lot there. Like I, and maybe this is going to be me, <laughs> some me projecting and saying what I, what I think too, but I don't understand why people would, would ever deal with offers on a weekend. I think I yeah. just heard you say the same thing. Like yeah. the world is only half open on a weekend in terms of availability of, of, of lenders and lawyers. And I mean, you never know what kind of advice a person needs. So to make them do something that significant at a day when they maybe possibly don't have access to every service out there, that, that to me is a problem. Yes. Not to mention just the practicality of like, just imagine, you know, people's are the administration world in the real estate industry is also shut down on a weekend. Right. So like even the practicality of an, uh, the practicality of an agent being able to get through the mound of work, if there's going to be a number of offers, whether you're talking from the buyer or seller perspective, if, if you don't have any administrative help, it's, it's that much more challenging versus mm -hmm. putting it, you know, Monday to Friday and that you got more services uh, at, you know, at your fingertips. There's a, what is the ideal? I don't even like offers on a Monday. Are you okay with offers on a Monday? Well, no, my preference is Tuesdays because, you know, then if a person has a chance to look at a house on the weekend, they can talk to their bank on Monday, make sure everything's okay. And if they want to go back for a second, look with their parents or, or their spouse, I've had people, oh, do you have to show my wife? Yeah, you do. Let's make sure, yeah. that, you know, your wife sees the house before you offer on it, you know, because I like her and I don't want her to hate me. Like, come on. So, you know, um, to me, Tuesday is the best because then, you, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, but it's all depending on, on the client's plans. And, you know, um, you know, like uh, um, I just helped a family who are moving out of province. And so they have an agreement to buy a property out, uh, you know, like in a different province. And mm -hmm. so we had to work on that timeline. And so we're on the market on, on a Thursday and we took offers on Monday, but we had full exposure of the property. We, we probably had 60 showings in four days. Mm -hmm. And it's sold and they're moving. So it all worked out, but I had to really plan it to make sure mm -hmm. there's access. And as a realtor, I went there on the weekend to make sure access was open and it wasn't a gong show, you know? And so that's a problem too, right? There's always, yeah, there's, there's situations that we can't control. Like you said, that might be client driven where they go, well, this yeah. is our time frame." But under most circumstances, I feel like, you know, a client is not saying to an agent, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Agent, uh, I want to go to the, I want to go to market on Thursday, Friday, show it till Sunday afternoon and deal with offers Sunday night. Like that's yeah, not no. agent driven or that's not client driven. That's agent driven. And that's, yeah. that I think is, uh, I mean, you're not only maybe not provided, you're, you're not, you're not doing anybody a good service there, whether you're talking about your client or the rest of the industry. And you're certainly not exposing the property long enough for this environment. That's for sure. No, no, you know, yes. That's right. No, you're exactly right. And, and um, you know, it's a matter of, okay, if the home is on the market, you know, let's, let's say a week before you look at offers, well, well, that means a week prior, you know, you're going to have to take photos and film video and virtual walkthrough and get yeah. the marketing out in advance. So our marketing, like, is more than a week, but then you start the showings. And I find it builds up you know, like almost, you know, like a tidal wave. It totally. Builds and builds yep. and all of a sudden then there's 40 showings and the house is sold for a great price in terms that everyone's happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but like, for example, I had a client who called me last month who found a, a property that was for sale in the Eastern Fraser Valley. And so he was in a panic because they only had open house on Sunday till two and the realtor was taking offers at three o'clock. That is so stupid. Like that, that yeah, is the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever heard of. Oh, it was crazy. And then, so I researched it. Well, this is the house or this, this property was on the market four or five times in the last year. Um, didn't have a water source. Um, it had all these issues. And so the realtor, he was trying to force an outcome. Sure. And yeah. pull a wool over somebody's eyes. And so I, so, you know, so this client, I told them, I think we should just, scratched it off because here's the problems yeah and he said oh thank you i was getting so stressed out yeah 
so, so you know, so we just passed on it, and that home is still for sale now, hasn't sold, and the realtor was trying to pull a fast one. So, like to me, it's important to make sure the exposure is there, so you can get through. You know, um, and if you want to bring bring your parents back or you know your family back, mm-hmm. you have time to have a look. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, we still have pressure because we're taking offers on Tuesday at six o'clock, but it's Friday, mm-hmm. and that's published, and everyone knows. Here's the game plan. You know, yeah. Because me, it works fine. It's the realtors who say, "Well, we're having a showing in for half an hour, and you have to make an offer." Oh, oh, and also you can't actually go inside because yeah. it's messy. But you can make an offer. Or well, the the other thing, like the amount of days of exposure, like you know, four days of showings could possibly be enough if the calendar is wide open. But if you get four days yeah. of showings where you go, "Well, you can only show between noon and three on this day and nine and 12 on that day and whatever, then like practically speaking, it's just not enough opportunity for for the market. And sometimes, you know, I, I tell my clients this, I say like, we have to be aware of the fact that when we go to market, number one, not everybody sees us right away. Sometimes it can take 24 to 48 hours for someone to even see the property, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, if we're selling a home in whatever, somewhere in the Eastern Fraser Valley, and we want to be able to leverage the entire market, well, maybe there's somebody in Burnaby who wants to move out to Abbotsford, but it's just not practical for them to get out to Abbotsford in a day. It might be three or four days from now that they can even get out here, possibly. So to to only, like, you know, I, I just, I feel like it makes so much sense to start advertising on a particular day, start showings maybe, 48 hours after that, and then have at least four days, if not five days of possible showings, where so that your total time of exposure and opportunity to a potential buyer is around a week from the time. Maybe you're not showing for a week, but it's been available to be seen for at least a week because that gives the buyer who's maybe not from that town plenty of time to work around their schedule and to organize something and get out. I, it it just, it blows my mind that, that we're not you're not seeing that done more. I, I don't think it's um, it's fully exposing the property properly. Well, no, I mean, that's right. And also shoot video and show the restaurants and the parks nearby, you know, and show all the features so that a person can watch it on Instagram or Facebook or realtor.ca. They can see everything and say, you know what, you, you know, here's a place I want to see and I'll make time for it instead of, you know, here's, 10 iPhone pictures with a guy's thumb in the corner. <laughs> I hate that. Like you should probably be, it should be exposed Yeah. and take the time to, like it's not just the home a lot of times, it's, it's the actual neighborhood and what's nearby. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think I've had four homes in the last year where I said, this home is two blocks from Ocean Park Pizza. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and realtors are saying from Surrey, "What's Ocean Park Pizza?" Oh. And I'm saying, "Oh, you got to try it." If it's you've best, if you you've know? never had the Ocean Park right? special, you never lived. You haven't lived. Yeah. Absolutely, that is that is just and an large, incredible meal. Bun in the, right? So yeah, that's you right. Know, you order a large and has a bun in the center. That my daughter eats the bun, and then I get the pizza. Like it's a perfect trade-off, <laughs> right? But it's important to yeah. advertise all you know all these things and market it, and you know that's what drives me crazy. And it's changed a lot from the old days when we just a sign in a black and white catalog when I started. Yeah, you know now we have all the opportunities to showcase everything about a home. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's uh, the world is easy according to me and you, man. We got it all figured out. If people would just <laughs> freaking listen, then you know it'd be it'd be a no brainer. And silk pajamas are old fashioned. That's the best thing about COVID. Oh, sitting home in silk pajamas, old fashioned. That's all we need. Tell me about it. Those are the good old days. I remember that last spring. I mean, how many, how many times was everybody in their pajamas on Zoom sipping something that they normally <laughs> otherwise wouldn't be sipping at like ten o'clock in the morning? Those were, uh, that, you know, say what you will about COVID, but those were, uh, those are fond memories. That was, that was a lot of amazing fun during that, that time. Was pretty good, and and also um, to all the realtors who aren't working the Remax Little Oak, you got to come to our office to join just to be a part of the WhatsApp conversation. (laughs) Shameless, shameless plug. Changed my life. I've learned so much from WhatsApp. 
Yeah. WhatsApp. <laughs> it's amazing how the um, the purpose and the and the uh, the content changes. Like it starts like each morning, it starts off and it like it has a certain flow from like you know eight a.m. all the way through to dinner time, and then it changes yeah. drastically after dinner. And then there's after the late night the late night crowd at like ten o'clock or eleven o'clock. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's been great, you know, because a lot of realtors work from home and they're isolated, you know, and that's a shame with our business, how it's changed now. So, you know, so being on WhatsApp and talking to each other, Zoom calls or whatever, which in our office has been awesome, right? You know, you you guys have not really taken the lead there. It's been great as a way to stay in touch with people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah, we got some uh, we got some cool stuff planned for this fall and 2022 business planning that um, we're we're working on right now. That's going to be happening through um, through the month of November. So awesome. more opportunity to connect. Hopefully, some face to face stuff. You know, assuming powers that be don't completely shut us down again. But um, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna do everything we can to to get people face to face. And also, we got something sweet in the works for. Um, the Christmas party this year as well, which we haven't been able to, uh, we haven't been able to do for obvious reasons, but we're trying to work with the times and, uh, and we got a cool idea brewing. So more on that, awesome. more on that to come as well. Yeah. I mean, basically we just want to get you in your pajamas, uh, drinking old fashioned. So yeah, silk robe, just silk, silk on silk. 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 That's yeah. The silk, silk on silk <laughs> on silk. Oh, my poor dad's going to say, what were you talking about on the podcast with Andrew? Why are you talking about those silk pajamas? I don't know anybody who has silk pajamas. I said, well, that you know one person. Those those silk pajamas will be <laughs> they'll be legendary forever. It's one of those things if you know, you know. That was like what was that? Maybe April last year, whatever that was yeah. that that those came yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my friend, we've we've taken lots of time. I sincerely appreciate uh, your your brain, your knowledge, your ideas, your willingness to share. Um, I just like hanging out with you as well you're you're an awesome dude and i appreciate having you in our office and everything you do for us it's amazing thanks thanks i'll appreciate it we'll see you soon we'll chat soon take care okay bye-bye